Hey, everybody. Welcome to Red Pill Your Healthcast. I am Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz here with Lauren Johnson, APRN. And y'all know the drill. We like to talk about things that no one else likes to talk about. Uh, and if you haven't, if you don't know that drill, you should look at the first four episodes because you'll figure it out real quick. And uh, But this week, we're going to be talking about allergies. And I think it's a good one because a lot of people are affected by allergies. Um, I think we can offer a, a different perspective on what you know about allergies. Uh, and we've both seen it quite a bit in clinical practice. So Lauren, let's talk a little about allergies. What, what's your first thought? That you, what do you want to start talking about? Let's just get to talking. You know, I feel like allergies are becoming more and more of an issue. First, I don't, and I didn't say this beforehand. Do you, did you know that about the male tree thing? The male tree thing. No, enlighten me. Heard this. Okay. So in the 1940s, arborists started planting mostly male trees because they were litter free, you know, cause they didn't, they didn't drop their fruit and they were less messy. And then in the 1980s, after Dutch elm disease struck, um, they just started replacing them with male trees. And because of that, they, um, the female trees would produce the seeds, but they produce no pollen. And so because of this, we have all these pollen producing trees around hmm. that are not messy, but are not great for allergies. And then I think that along with our houses becoming more and more environmentally friendly mm. and less able to breathe. And then more chemicals that we're exposed to, um, more liver congestion that's happening um, due to all of that, along with other factors. We just have a big mess of allergies, which is just a symptom that the body is saying, I'm full. My histamine bucket is full. Yes, absolutely. And so I think it's really good to uh, differentiate. Are we really dealing with seasonal allergies or are your allergies all year round? Because mm -hmm. if they're all year round, it's most likely an infection or you're living in mold, or you're exposed to mold at your work, or something along those lines. And so yep. if you have allergies all the time, uh, there's a lot of inflammation going on in you. And we need to talk about ways to help dampen that inflammation. Um, instead of just taking any histamines, because just taking any histamines is like taking the batteries out of your smoke alarm when there's a house fire, you're not going to hear the beeping anymore. But it ain't going to do anything good. Yeah. I mean, and long-term antihistamine use is not really good for the body. There are studies that show that it is, um, and it can, um, lead to brain tumor increase in brain tumor rates in adults. Um, and Benadryl, um, is used a lot in children, which I don't, that, that still boggles my mind because I know. When I became a nurse and I was working in the pediatric hospital, Benadryl, we used to be like a little weary of it because kids can have this paradoxical reaction to it and it can make them hyper. And it's like, so then we have pediatricians recommending Benadryl on the daily for kids with allergies. Like that doesn't even make sense. I, I would do everything I could to not do Benadryl, but Benadryl has been linked to dementia. And so like, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of issues with long-term antihistamine use. I don't think a one dose of, of Zyrtec is going to do, like, it's not going to do any harm. And actually, if somebody's having like a hives or a super bad reaction, while I would try other things first, I would go to, I would go to um, something like a Zyrtec one time. Sure. I'm not going to say that that's harmful, but long-term use is definitely not, we're, we're just, we're just getting rid of a symptom that the body is saying, Hey, I need help. Yes. And so medications are there for emergency use yeah. and they, they serve their purpose. And so that's what we want to make clear is that if you're doing it every day, that's an issue. 
if you're doing it once a year, a few times a year, that's not going to be a big issue. Uh, and the big thing, let's think about what histamine does. One thing that histamine does in your body is it increases blood flow. And everyone's like, wait, isn't increasing blood flow good? Well, yeah, it's amazingly good. That's why the Chinese always talk about blood deficiency being the root of everything is because if you don't have good blood flow, you can't regenerate anything. And so this blood flow is the same blood flow that gets to your brain. And so if you are taking in any histamine, what are you doing? You're reducing your blood flow. That's why dementia, Alzheimer's, all that stuff is increased with antihistamine uses because you are literally shutting down your blood flow. What happens, there's, there's two different types of histamine receptors. There's one and two. One is more of what you're thinking about with seasonal allergies and hives and stuff. Two is more stomach acid. And so when you start playing with the these histamine and uh, receptor antagonists, uh, you start going down a slippery slope because one, if you have no stomach acid, nothing's going to work. And by definition, an allergen essentially is an undigested protein. And so now what you're doing is you're taking an antihistamine that shuts down your stomach acid and you're creating more undigested proteins, which are just going to create more histamine reactions. And it's just a vicious circle. And so we need to get that out. Uh, we need to uh, just understand the consequences of taking, you know, I always say that we're kind of going backwards in medicine. We're creating all these specialists. But the issue with that is that the human body, everything works together. And so if you take an antihistamine, you're not only affecting the histamine reactions in your body, you are affecting so many other systems that are dependent upon those receptors. So it's really a poor idea just to blindly accept uh, what people sell over the counter. Um, you know, the first four episodes, we talked about vaccinations, and uh, that's another one we talked about. It's really easy to just accept it. But when you start actually thinking about it, by now, I think you're thinking a little different than when you started um, listening to this podcast. And so uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, um, the immune system, because allergies are essentially uh, immune related, right? That's exactly right. what's happening. The immune system is is doing a reaction. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the balance between two basically immune pathways. You'll, you'll hear us talk about Th1 and Th2. Now, society lives in a Th2 dominant state. Imagine they're on a teeter-totter. You want the balance between them. But if you're in a Th2 dominant state, you are living in a state of allergies. You're living in a state of all hollow organs having issues. What are hollow organs? Your sinuses, your lungs, your bowel, your bladder. Everyone who's listening to this is like, well, it sounds a lot like me. And we have to know what pushes us into that TH2 pattern because the goal is to balance that TH1 and TH2. So let's talk a little bit about what puts us into TH2 patterns. Well, we did four episodes on the big ones. Uh, so if you want to go back and listen to those four episodes, I invite you to do that. Uh, beyond those, I would say that parasites, parasites drive up that TH2. And, and I know we're going to do a podcast on parasites. We've done posts on it. I know we'll do a podcast on it. How, how, how common do you think parasites are? <laughs> Everyone has parasites, but yep. it's just a matter, a matter of whether it's an issue. Um, if you have a correctly working stomach or enough stomach acid and gut, like if you don't have the right environment for parasites to thrive, they won't. But yep. if you have a bunch of heavy metals in you and you don't have the stomach acid that you used to, and, and it does naturally lower as you get older, but a lot of us younger, I mean, I was example a for, you know, that's like it, 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 
I had no stomach acid and I was like in my twenties when that started. Um, and so it's it birth control use and medications, antibiotics, all of it. So, you know, I, I think that it's probably pretty common that it's an issue for people. I I would say that for, in my private practice, probably 90% of people I see have parasites. Yeah. Maybe even more, honestly, maybe, maybe closer to a hundred percent. Well, and I think there's a reason why anytime you're start like working on like root cause healing, you start with parasites. Um, I mean, that was something that, you know, I think just, you just don't like, you don't want to think about, you don't want to talk about. And like, I still will be talking around people talking and I'll still try to like say it and hush us because people don't want to hear the word parasite. (laughs) Somebody has a parasite. But you need to accept it that it's a thing, that it's a normal, um, it's a part of life. Everyone has it. In other countries, they still do deworming um, mm. and they still like, they still will check for them. But in our country, we think we're too good for that. And we don't have, we don't have any issues with parasites, but that's yeah. not. And so, so parasites, I would say are like one of the biggest um, inducers of TH2 dominance. Yeah. But beyond that, Mold is a huge inducer of yes. TH2 dominance. Yeah. It's huge. And that's why you and I talked about at least getting air doctors in your yeah. home and in, in your immediate home. It makes to- such a difference. I mean, the amount of people that I've had message me and say, um, I soon like when we started using the air doctor, I was able to get off of allergy medicine, mm. or at least I didn't feel miserable every single day. My daughter's asthma got better. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a cure-all, nothing is a cure-all, but air like our homes are just not they're 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 you really do need to be every single home, especially in bedrooms, prioritize the bedrooms initially, um, need to be a safe haven for us to be able to breathe in because we spend so much time indoors. Yes. And so mold's a huge one. I'm going to piggyback on that too, because uh, you talked about how the home is so important. Well, a lot of the, the commercial cleaners, the different fragrances, the different candles that people light, the dish soaps, the laundry detergents, those are all TH2, uh, in, uh, Teach you dry, uh, drip. What am I trying to say right now? Jeez, it driving, is late. Uh, driving. driving. Drive. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's it's Thursday night. We usually do this on Thursday morning. Yeah, we're, so we're, to, we're recording at a different time right now. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> gather my words now. This is late for me. Um, yeah. So so they drive it up. And so it is important that you control the controllables. You clean with proper branch basic type um, products. You have air doctors. You, you just try to make it as safe and as clean as you can. Yeah. So I will tell you, I had daily headaches from, um, with allergies. And when I was on my like little journey and I had just started in the natural route, I got rid of Clorox wipes. So that was a Clorox mm-hmm. wipes, like buy the big thing at, at Sam's or Costco. And my headaches got better just with that. Um, right. and I had done nothing to get my, um, my air, my indoor air environment better. This was like literally one of my first steps for the, for better products. Um, and I'm telling you, it makes such a difference what you clean your home with. It's huge. It's a huge, you'll be shocked by how big of a difference it will make. And yeah. so all of those types of products, yes, they're estrogenic. Well, here's the thing is estrogenic xenoestrogens push you into a TH2 dominant state too. And so beyond that, um, caffeine's a big inducer of TH2 dominance, not getting enough sleep. And if you, if you're sleeping in a room, that's not completely dark, if there's any type of light in there, you will not secrete melatonin and melatonin helps you lower your TH2 balance and, and support the TH1. 
And the reason why it does that is because it's, it's opposite of cortisol. So your stress hormone induces TH2 dominance. It will drive up that TH2. So Which how many people go to sleep with screens on with yes. fall asleep to the TV or, or let their kids go to sleep next to the TV or with the iPad or with the phone. So all of that is affecting, I mean, it's just all connected. Absolutely. And so those are like the biggest ones. Another one that people don't really think about is I'll find that a lot of people who come in who juice a lot, they'll do a lot of like, uh, whatever juices you go to a juice place and you know, they're all the quote unquote, uh, healthy juices. A lot of those will drive your TH2 patterns up, which will give you more allergies, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I find that it's whenever they put a lot of citrus stuff in there can also, Mm. um, can do it, but they use uh, organic produce. Do you think that matters? Or are these? I think it does because if they're not using, or if yeah, if they're using um, non-organic, I think it's worse. But there is um, certain aspects of fruits and vegetables that will drive up your TH two. Like orange yeah. juice can do it. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely believe um, in more of the animal based um, mm-hmm. eating. Um, and, and I do, I, I see the importance of greens and I do, I do love vegetables. I do love fruit. I'm not saying to not have any of that, but mm-hmm. just the amount of fruit and amount of things that we, we eat in our diets. Um, I think there needs to be balance, especially with protein. And, and I think it's also the state that you consume it in. Like if you're yeah. going to juice your veggies and fruit, you're going to drink way more than you would ever eat. And I think, uh, if you would, if you freeze it, like they say, frozen blueberries is better for you than in raw But if you, you know, I'd say again, like dried fruit drives up the amount of sugar uh, glycemic index significantly. And so anything that has a high glycemic index is usually going to put you into a TH2 dominant pattern as well. Yep. Yep. And how many, I mean, the kids, most kids, I can't go to an event without having to say, no, my, my kids are fine. They don't need to have that. Um, And so, and I mean, these are like, these are like regular events. Like they're not either. I mean, these are pretty healthy people typically it's usually it's always at events and parties and everything we are always offering our kids sugary things and food dye things and it's like this is just making the problem worse that's right and so just to recap so what drives up th2 parasites mold cleaning uh house cleaning products that are not good detergents all that type of stuff the clorox wipes you talked about candle certain toxic candles um, not getting enough sleep, sleeping with lights on or by TV screens and all the EMF stuff and yeah. caffeine and stress. Stress is the ultimate inducer of cortisol and cortisol is your stress hormone, which drives up your TH2, which is where allergies live in a TH2 dominant environment. So let's talk a little bit about um, the digestive tract and why it's so important with allergies. Let, let's Let's definitely make a point that um, you need to control the controllables because if you can't fight off seasonal allergies or pollens like that, that means that your body is constantly fighting off allergens inside you already. And most of those allergens come from gut inflammation, which leads to undigested proteins because everyone's stomach usually is pretty dead these days. And then your immune system will fight that off constantly. So you have no defense mechanisms against the environment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 
and then we don't have the nutrients needed to even for our body to have basic functioning. And, exactly. And it, it's and then we wonder why there's so much liver congestion and hormone problems and, and allergy problems. Um, and that's why we're seeing it so many much more in children. I mean, yeah. 40% of children are on an antihistamine, and it's like, okay, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, there weren't kids running around with snot everywhere. And so what, like, what, what is the difference? Well, it's yeah. the buildup. It's just the, and then the not working gut that, that caught that contributes to the problem, making it so much, so much worse. And glyphosate and all the yes. fungicides and herbicides, those are all TH2 promoting substances. So, um, foods are crucial too. Yeah. You know, if we're not eating a clean diet, your body, your immune system can be fighting it off constantly. And now it has no defense mechanisms against the environment. And there's another correlation that I've seen in practice where if somebody is grass and pollen sensitive, mm -hmm. it usually correlates with a grain sensitivity. So mm -hmm. the gluten, the quinoa, the rices, the breads, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that does make, that does make sense. I, I, you know, and I go back to another thing that I think can, um, can cause another issues is glutathione depletion. So what causes glutathione to be depleted? Well, similar to how you said it, as you age, your stomach acid decreases yeah. also, um, glutathione de decreases too. I would say those are the two most important, uh, molecules or substances more so made by your body that decreases with age. And so any type of um, TH2 promoter. Also, what it's doing is really reducing your glutathione because glutathione increases your TH1 and it's that balance. And so for people yeah. who are listening, who don't know what glutathione is, it's basically our master antioxidant. Yeah. It is our barrier protection molecule. So it protects your gut lining. It protects your sinus lining. It protects your, um, uh, your lung lining. It protects your blood brain barrier. It's so important um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we can increase our glutathione, uh, but everything we're and, talking about basically decreases it. Yeah. And one more thing that decreases it that I know we both talked about is Tylenol, uh, Tylenol use during pregnancy, Tylenol use during infancy. Cause we give it for every little thing. We give it to babies who have this, who have are circumcised. We give it to, we give it, I mean, like literally right out of the womb, we're like, here, have some Tylenol. And yep. it's like the number one cause of liver failure. And it's, it's just. It's just not a drug that should be taken lightly. And, and you can um, buy it over the counter down the street at CVS or Walgreens. Yeah. And it causes, I mean, I have, I have personally taken care of children who needed a liver transplant. That's why the room number this girl was in who needed a liver transplant because of the amount of Tylenol she was given. And mm. I mean, it is not, it's not a drug that should be taken lightly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's, <clears throat> we, we've talked about, excuse me, what allergies are. Yeah. Um, we've talked about how it's an immune system balance. We talked about how gut inflammation is at the root of a lot of it. Cause if you have undigested proteins in your body, your immune system goes haywire and you can't fight off environmental allergies. And there's a bunch of excess histamine lying around. Right. Um, let's talk about what we can do naturally to help parents with allergies and help parents and their children with allergies. So yeah. let's tell me some of your favorite things to do. 
So for children, I love a supplement called Dehis Junior. Um, I will put um, both of our full script links down. Um, it's available on full script. You can't just get it from a local uh, like wellness place, but it is a great, or maybe your local like chiropractor might have it if you want to support them, of course. Um, but Dehis Junior contains stinging nettles contains NAC, NAC, which it helps to increase glutathione production in the body. It contains bromelain, which is an enzyme that helps to thin out mucus. It's made, it's from pineapple. Um, and then what's, oh, it's, it contains quercetin, um, which quercetin is a great, it helps to, it helps with that balance of that TH1, TH2, but yep. it also is, it acts as an antihistamine um, in general uh, terms. And so for adults, quercetin is great to take, but also for children can have it in the, in the form of DHS junior it is a really great way to do that it's a chewable it's e super easy um i love x lear um x l e a r nasal spray especially if like the grass is triggering for um for children or for adults you know using um washing out your sinuses when you get home if you've been outside like a field all day washing out your sinuses could be helpful or using this x lear which is um distilled water and grapefruit seed extract and it helps to cleanse the the nares oh and xylitol uh, which is a sweetener made from pine or from birch trees and so it is a very helpful way to cleanse the nares um, and helps a lot with symptoms um what what all do you like to use so dehist is a go-to and dehist yeah. junior yeah and um you you mentioned that quercetin and nac which is in there now, NAC and acetylcysteine is a precursor to glutathione. And so everything that we're going to be talking about um, from that perspective is essentially just increasing your glutathione production. Yeah. And so NAC is that quercetin is great. And then the other um, one that I will add to help with that TH2 balance is astragalus. Yes. I find yep. astragalus. And so astragalus, uh, astragalus, NAC, and quercetin are three what about great ratios. Reishi I threw in there as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I threw in Reishi and then uh, I put that under my TH1 promoter. So here's my list of my favorite TH1 promoters because most people, as we've said, live in a TH2 dominant state and we're trying to balance out the um, the teeter-totter, so to speak. Yeah. Ginger. Ginger is a yes. phenomenal, phenomenal yes. TH1 promoter. Zinc is a phenomenal TH1 promoter broccoli is a is a tremendous th1 which also broccoli basically is what i'll give to our broccoli sprout extract to my elderly patients to increase glutathione it's an amazing inducer of glutathione production um you covered everything else the other two that i will add from herbals that increase your th1 is berberine uh people who've listened to me know that i'm a big uh berberine fanboy and um, skullcap, Chinese skullcap, which yep. is Scutellaria Supreme. So if you're going to try to increase your TH1, my go-tos would be berberine, skullcap, ginger, zinc, broccoli, and reishi. And I would add bee, bee products, um, yep. like bee propolis, royal jelly. Um, those can increase TH1 as well. Um, there are certain probiotic strains that are helpful um, for... Um, for increasing glutathione production. I'm not a big fan of a lot of probiotics on the market. We mm -hmm. both like Megaspore um, yep. probiotic. And even for children, I would just say like a tiny amount, um, right? I mean, that's- Yeah, I, I usually tell people- 
for toddlers, maybe like one per week, maybe. And then like, for and even when you say one per week, I just want to clarify when you say yeah. one per week, that means like a little bit every day. Yeah. Like a pinch. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, we're not talking like give them a whole capsule once a time. Cause you yeah. might, you might end up with some gas and bloating. Um, yes. and then that baby might not be happy. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is really helpful for um, balancing the TH1 and uh, TH2 is sunlight, is being outside. Um, I think we, you know, we think, oh, don't go outside during pollen season. Well, no, like, no, that is not it. Well, think Um, about what you just said. You said sunlight. Now, when sunlight hits our retinas, which is part of our eye, um, it will produce melatonin. And then in a dark room, it will release melatonin, which will make us sleepy. And melatonin is a TH1 promoter. Yeah. So that, that it all connects. And I like how you said bee products, because I'm also a big fan of getting glyphosate free local uh, honey Yeah. that the bees, you know, with their pollen and stuff. So now you're getting exposed a little bit to um, the local pollen of that uh, year or whatnot. Yeah. Or area. yeah. I love it. Um, and then also for th- other things that I, like I love cold showers, um, ending mm-hmm. a, a hot shower, even just a few minutes of cold water. I'm not cold plunges. I haven't quite made the jump yet, but that can be helpful for balancing the immune system as well. Yep. And, um, uh, the last two that I forgot to mention was from a meth. We talk about methylation quite often. Um, so from a genetic methylation pathway, the two of my f- most favorite nutrients are DAO and SAMe, which is a glutathione producer, but those two will help genetically um, with methylation pathways that are known to, to degrade histamine. Yeah, yeah. And so we were about talking about this before the, uh, we, we started recording. Um, we like the Seeking Health um, histamine block um, and then the histaminks um, I like as well. Um, yeah. I've used both of them and I think that they are, that they're very helpful. Dow enzyme can be a very, um, helpful thing. Cause that's what the issue, one of the issues, right? So can you explain yep. that a little bit? Wait, say, say that one more time. Can you explain Dow enzyme a little bit? Well, basically what that does is it regulates a gene that breaks down histamine response yep. in the gut Yeah. And, and specifically in the digestive tract. So a lot of like food allergy, food allergens breakdown, Dow is what controls that. And so again, it goes back to leaky gut. It goes back to getting your food digested properly. It goes yeah. back to eating proper foods. Um, so it just plays right into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so helpful. Um, other than a couple other things, um, not having enough magnesium can mm. actually be, um, something that really is not good for your balancing that TH1, TH2 and having too much vitamin D, um, cause vitamin D is like a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a curve, you know, you, you want, you don't want it too low, you don't want it too high either. Yeah. And so what I like to do for vitamin D um, is do, if, if it's low and it truly is low, or even just in general, is just to do cod liver oil because oh. retinol is also hugely supportive of the immune system. And yep. so um, I, 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 that's what my typical go-to is because then you get the A and the D, you get all the cofactors in the body knows how to absorb it. And so um, one thing, again, there's another immune pathway called your T regulatory cells, and they basically regulate your immune system, especially in autoimmune issues. And so um, what balances those is the ratio between vitamin D and glutathione. And so if you don't have enough glutathione in your body, which many of us don't, supplementing with vitamin D might trigger some issues if you're not kept in check by good uh, tissue levels of um, glutathione. Yeah. 
Yeah. Goodness. And it's depleting vitamin D supplements, deplete magnesium. Um, yep. so like, it's just one of those things that like you do need vitamin D I have, I've, I've seen where it, when it's very low, it can have very harmful effects on mental yep. health and, and things in immune system, but it's a balance and it's not like taking all the vitamin D is going to cure anything. Um, right. and so it actually suppresses the immune system a little bit. And that's why some people feel better on vitamin D because they, they have a little immune suppression and yep. it's like, no, why is the immune system? Why is that needing to happen? And, and make sure, you know, this is whenever, you know, the whole 2020 COVID happened, everyone's like, oh, I need NAC, I need vitamin D, I need quercetin. Yeah. But if you go to the stores, these places are selling trash supplements mm -hmm. and a trash supplement will hurt you more than it will help you. Yeah. Especially because so, it has fillers and like, and a lot of the times it doesn't even have what it says it has. Yep. I mean, there was a, 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 an investigation by the New York attorney general, I think it was in 2015. And they found that 75% of the supplements on like, at like target Walmart, CVS, I forget where, I think it was CVS, Walgreens and target. Maybe it wasn't Walmart either way. 75% of the supplements did not contain what they said they contained. Yep. Uh, and so I think that's something that we really need to like, to hone in on, like, don't just go grab quercetin from, um, you know, from some random place. I, I do, we, we use a supplement dispensary called full script. There yeah. are other ones too, um, or ordering directly from the manufacturer is also something that just, it's, it is something to be mindful of. And all the stuff that we link in our Instagram bios, those are all ones that we support and, um, you know, that they're coming from good sources. Yeah. And that we use ourselves. Like, I, I don't yep. want you to think that like, I'm not, I will never talk about things that I don't personally use myself. Um, right. it, it is just, that is something that I'm talking about things that help me and my family, like with illness day to day, whatever it is. And so I know Dr. Charlie says the same thing. He uses these, these products a lot with patients as well. And so, um, it's something that you really need to be mindful of where you're getting your supplements. And the last thing let's talk about before I just do a giant recap is essential oils. What's your favorite oils for allergies? So I, so lavender is like the Swiss army knife of oils and it has antihistamine properties. Um, it actually, if you diffuse it overnight, it's been shown to decrease cortisol production. So there's multiple mm -hmm. benefits to it, but lavender is amazing for allergies. My, my favorite allergy trio is lavender, lemon, and peppermint. Lemon thins mucus and peppermint opens up airways, helps with headaches. I make a roller of it and roll it on the bottom of feet and back for kids. For kids, I do about maybe 10 to 12 drops total in a, in a 10 ml roller. For adults, I'll do about 45 drops total. I do not tend to do a roller as much for myself. I like to diffuse it. I don't like to put it on my face with the coconut oil. And like, you know, I just, I don't <laughs> tend to do that, but I do use it. Um, a lot um, with my kids and put on the back, bottom of feet and things like that. Those are my, my three go-to. What are yours? My three go-to are tea tree, thyme, and lavender. Yeah. Those are my go. Those are my three go-tos. Um, peppermint's great too, though. Time is powerful. Um, I, I will tell moms of kids with like croup or like respiratory stuff. I'll say, okay, or, or parents, I should say. Uh, but like, I'll say, go home. Um, well, because dad, dad would do this too. I have no doubt. Um, but go home, turn the shower on in the bathroom, close the bathroom door, get a big bowl of water and put some um, time, dried time in it. And mm. it will help to open... Um, open up the airways or you could diffuse some time as well. That would be great um, too. 
but a lot of people have dry time in their pantry and can go home and, and just do that right away. Yep. All right. So last thing, let's just recap it from the start. Yeah. All right. So allergies, do you really have them? Or is it a chronic infection like a parasite? Or are you living in mold? If it is year round, you better believe that is infection and probably a food sensitivity that your diet is just constantly inflaming you and you're creating a lot of histamine. Oh, one thing, one thing we yeah. did not mention dairy is conventional. Oh, yeah. So mucus producing. Yeah. And so like if your kid constantly has mucus running out and everywhere, think food sensitivity or air or air or environment, indoor air environment. So like mold, water in the home, um, or like chemicals you're using. But the conventional dairy is I've had patients with asthma get off conventional dairy and their asthma goes away. Now for I'm sure. not saying it's going to for you, but like I am saying it is something to think about. Um it, it has that power to it. Good. Yeah, yeah. And so, and another thing I'll add when we're talking about dairy is I do a lot of iridology and by genetic constitution, people who are blue eyed go towards allergies more so than any other color eye, because they are more prone to mucus generation through the use of dairy products. Mm. And so whenever I see someone with blue eyes, I always ask them, so how do you do with dairy? 95% of them say, yeah, I can't do dairy. Mm. So there's a little clinical pearl. Um, and I want to keep going. So what you said was about with the molds and keeping your air clean. We yeah. talked about getting something like an air doctor. Yeah. We, we also did not talk about uh, house filtration water systems, because if you are using showers or baths and you're inhaling steam of things that are, have chlorine in there and fluoride and all these other birth control and medications that people are peeing out and then it's being recycled into your water. And that all- is happening. We need a whole water episode. This yes. is like, we need, I mean, that could, it will take, I mean, I have multiple posts on it and just to even go over it all, it's gonna take a whole episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so things like that, those are controlling the controllables, change out the cleaning products, change out your dish detergent, change out what you're cleaning your clothes with, especially and this be a slow process. This doesn't yep. have to be like t- tomorrow, go throw out everything. No, don't do that. Um, right. Slowly start to change out some of those things. I remember when I learned um, applied kinesiology, my first seminar in 2013, and I brought McDonald's breakfast to the first seminar. And the guy, the teacher looks at me and goes, well, we'll be talking about diet and nutrition today. And I remember going home that night and telling my parents, we need to get everything out of the cabinets. This is all killing us. (laughs) (laughs) I've been tempted to, I have, it's it's like, once you learn something, it's like, oh, I got to get out. But like, don't, because, you know, I don't want to stress anybody's finances even more. I know where a lot of things we talk about might be expensive. And so you just slowly do what you can do. Yes. Um, you know, you, but you can, you really can change out some things. Usually there's a better option in the store for like organic is right next to the regular one. Um, yep. Even sometimes they're just the same price. Sometimes not. I know sometimes more expensive, but it's just something to think about. Start being mindful of all those ingredients. Yeah. And it's, it's all about progress, not perfection. So if you just yeah. do a little bit better each day, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Celebrate those little victories. Um, okay. So then, um, so we're balancing the immune system, TH1 and TH2. We talked about what increases your TH2, what, and basically that's what lowers your TH1. We want to make sure we have good glutathione levels because that's a great balancer of TH1 and TH2. We got to get worms out of people and, and get rid of parasites, which is why you hear me harping on it all the time. Um, we want, we need to get to gut health because leaky gut and a stomach that has not enough acid will have a lot of undigested food particles that get into all different parts of the body and your immune system reacts to it all day, every day. So now you have lowered immune, um, system responses towards your environment. 
because it can't fight it off. It's like almost like the, your cup is overflowing and now you're just a histamine mess. Um, foods, you know, we talked about gluten, dairy, uh, corn, nightshades, all those types of food allergens, um, oatmeal, a lot of times get rid of all of them. That just means those are the ones that are the most common that Dr. Charlie finds in practice. Yeah. The the most common, uh, food sensitivities, um, are gluten, dairy, soy, corn, egg, nightshades, and caffeine. Those we call the sensitive seven on blood results on IgE and IgG blood testing. Those are what they call the sensitive seven. So a lot of people will react to one or more of those, not to say that you are, but that's just what it is. Um, and then I said, there's a big correlation between, um, being, having grass and pollen allergies and also being grain sensitive. So grains in the diet will exacerbate pollen and grass allergies. Um, and then last but not least, we talked about things to help increase that TH1, which balances out of that TH2 things like dehist, which is bromelain, quercetin, NAC, stinging nettle and vitamin C. One thing I will caution with vitamin C is that if you are, if you have a lot of oxalate issues, which is a whole nother topic, um, then you might want to, uh, stay away from vitamin C because it can turn into oxalic acid in the wrong person. Is that but ascorbic acid or sodium all of it. or whole food C, all of it? All of it. Yeah. Um, but right. whole food C is better than ascorbic generally, obviously, because it's the whole complex, not just the shell right. of vitamin C. Right. Um, we talked about ginger, zinc, uh, and then the glutathione producers like NAC and broccoli, um, astragalus and reishi is great. Uh, and then berberine and skullcap are two of the, the most potent herbs that help increase that TH1. From a genetic standpoint, DAO is great. And then SAM-E, which is another um, glutathione producer. Um, I think we kind of nailed it. And, and we yeah. talked about oils. We talked about thyme. We talked about peppermint, lemon, lavender, tea tree. And there are some homeopathics that I'm all about using. I love homeopathics. Things like Ren Allergy is a good um, combo one. Um, si- there's a sinus one. There's some combo ones from Boron, B-O-I-R-O-N, that I do find to be helpful. Histaminum is really helpful. Mm. If you have watery eyes with your allergies, your phrasia is great. I can attest to that to myself. Um, if I go out on a uh, the soccer fields with the spray with pesticides, I'm sure, um, eyes will still water and I will use euphrasia. Um, and it will, it will definitely help. All right. Well, before we get going, I know Lauren has to read something for this podcast that she reads at the end of every single podcast. Okay. This is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider, hopefully a root cause practitioner before changing anything. (laughs) <laughs> it has to uh, be said it has i to know be it said. does it does it totally has to be and um all right well this was an, a fun time it's a great yeah. uh always great speaking on a thursday night yeah um and so we will post this tomorrow and then we will uh take some votes for the next we might be doing hormones on the next one we'll see yeah. where it kind of takes us um but yeah i hope this is helpful and we will see y'all on the next one thank you bye see everybody <laughs>